podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! listeners new and old welcome back to your favorite bearcats podcast the cats i am your host justin hiles accompanied by my great friend steve mauer and we are here to bring you the best of the bearcats we are proudly presented by the big 12's premier podcasting group the 1012 network and we will be doing episodes every couple of weeks throughout the off season and we'll be getting back to our regularly scheduled weekly episodes once the football season starts speaking of football a lot of action has happened recently. Uh, this past weekend, we had the NFL draft, and the Bearcats had a handful of guys go. There was also a couple surprises in there, which we will talk about as well. Um, but to kick us off, Steve, give us the uh, give us the first one. Yeah. So first guy off the board for Cincinnati was Trey Tucker at pick number 100 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we obviously know Trey is a speedy guy. And I think they would, I mean, the Raiders have always loved uh, two things, speed, or if you're just bigger than everybody else. And mm-hmm. Trey Tucker being speedy does fit their draft profile. So, but I'm hoping he can really uh, fit into their offense. Well, um, they've, They've kind of had a rough history, and so I'm I'm really hoping for all the best for for Trey. I do I do really think he can be effective, whether it's on kick return, punt return, or as you know that speedy slot guy that can just catch a ball and go. But mm-hmm. um, it was pretty cool and uh, honestly a little bit surprising to see him go before uh, our next guy. What, what do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, well, speaking of our next guy, Tyler Scott uh, was drafted by the Bears. Uh, it seems like a pretty good system fit, and it does seem like uh, he did want to go there. Uh, they always say that. You never know, but uh, it is a good fit with him and Justin Fields, and I think that'll be interesting. I do think that it was interesting that um, Trey went before Scott, but I think at the same Trey Scott, shout out, uh, also 13. It's all connected, conspiracy theory. Um, now, I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, both are fairly similar too. like, they have a similar speed. They have a similar build. They have a similar, um, like play style on the field. So I think it's kind of like neither here nor there, but regardless, they both went to teams that can use them. And I think for, um, you know, Scott, he could really be a good weapon for fields. Um, if he can get slotted in there, right. Um, I, I would imagine his first season would probably look hopefully similar to the way Pierce's did where, he can kind of move his way up the depth chart pretty quick and start slotting in and get a lot of reps. We'll see what happens, but uh, regardless, it's interesting and good for both of them to get drafted. Nice to see it. We did expect it. Um, So to have them go, I guess that puts them both. They were both third round, right? Or Uh, yes, both both of those guys were fourth rounders, fourth round, fourth round. Yeah. Um, So speaking of another guy who got drafted, uh, the old, the old comeback, Come back home. Come back home to Nashville for your boy. Uh, I'm going to get to see Josh Wiley play out here in Nashville. Uh, eventually, they'll get a new stadium. I think it's a great deal for a rookie to be in a new team that's going to be um, seeing a lot of newness coming around. Um, of course, it's going to be interesting with their QB situation, so we'll see how that goes. It is a very, it's, it's been a very controversial and mixed opinion uh, conversation as far as that goes with their pick at QB, of course. But Steve, what are your thoughts on Josh Wiley going to the Titans? You know, I was just very interested that he was uh, labeled as a fullback on the ESPN broadcast. I was, <laughs> but then the Titans labeled him as a tight end. I had people in the comments saying, oh, maybe the Titans value him as a tight end, but they, uh, as a fullback, but they put him as a tight end. So we have seen him go in and block though, in like some run schemes. And mm-hmm. maybe they're looking for something like that, where he's going to be used 
as they motion him. That was a big part of the Dan Brock offense is like they motion him back in, uh, Josh in, and then they would run off tackle with Josh coming through the hole as an extra blocker and such. So theoretically, if they like that tape, uh, there was a note that Fickle passed uh, on a note to uh, Vrabel about Josh Wiley and about like uh, the character and the toughness and such. So that is still cool to see. Um, I did like that our guy Sat is actually tweeting about uh, yes. his former players and current uh, guys from his current program. Like he even had an App State guy on there. I think <laughs> that is pretty cool. Like I don't think you'd see many coaches do that. But side tangent. Back to Josh Wiley. I would love to see him get involved in the passing game there. But Tennessee's kind of a you know just hand the ball to Derrick Henry fifty times a game and hope we hope we win. Um, Mm-hmm. Obviously, that'll change if their quarterback situation changes. But I I do see Josh as fitting that type of team because Fickle and Vrabel to me are very similar. You know, they let the defense work, and then the offense just has to produce enough points for the defense to to close it and win the game. Well, and him, Vrabel and Fickle are buddies too, aren't they? Because they're both Ohio yeah. State so that's guys, why I was they saying coach that. together, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that's I mean that's another thing too. Like I'm sure he's had his radar on Wiley for a while. Um, just because of that connection in it, in it of itself. But I don't know. I mean, put him at fullback, put him at tight end. As long as he gets some reps, I would like to just see him out on the field. I think that'd be great. Just get him off the bench, whatever puts him in and gets him some reps, I think is the most important. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll just, uh, they've side, they've, they, they've blindsided all of us and they're going to turn him into Derrick Henry's backup. Just a giant, <laughs> another giant <laughs> running the ball. But, who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll, Probably hey, not. we'll see if the Titans use him enough. There was uh, some complaints about his usage yeah. rate with the Bearcats last year. Anyway, uh, speaking of yeah, yes. speaking of usage rate, um, and one tight of the... ends who complained about their usage rate, uh, uh, not complained, <laughs> they just noted it. Uh, Lenny Taylor uh, was one of many undrafted free agents that signed with teams in the last few days after the draft was over. Uh, including Ivan Pace, which was an interesting one, and uh, Arquan Bush, Javon Hicks, James Tunstall, just a couple of names. Uh, I believe Will Huber was also in the mix. But uh, it was kind of interesting, though, that Ivan didn't end up going. And maybe his size is a detriment to him. But, man, like, I, his tape is is, is there, you know. And just it's kind of interesting to me that, like, he would have uh, – he didn't, he didn't get drafted. But, Other. I mean, he <laughs> – he he's a, he's a dog man. He's gonna work for it. So hopefully he can find his way onto a roster. In in no amount of censorship, uh, Ivan Pace's story. All it said after the draft, he got signed by the Vikings, undrafted free agent, and it just said, "Y'all fucked up." <laughs> like, <laughs> it is perfect because they did all those teams. If he can get out on the field and just get those reps in, they're gonna see what they missed out on. Because like. I don't I I personally don't understand it. Like I understand that there's like the size issue and that's all here and there. I think it's the same thing that we talk about with a guy like, you know, SK where it was like a once in generational player and then you get to the, you know, big leagues and it's like, all right, is age a factor for him? No, but for SK it was. And on top of that, size. And size sometimes you don't match up and therefore you kind of get pushed to the back, but you know, SK dropped like a 40, 50 point game. I remember that. He played for the Nets. Ivan could go out there and just yeah. beat up the yeah. whole field. Like it's one of those things that it doesn't matter if you're drafted or if you're not. If you get the time to shine and you get the chance, you could really go out there and make a name for yourself and be a you know NFL regular for a while. So I think he has a skill set to do it. Hopefully that will happen. Um and again, you know, congratulations to all the other Bearcats that were signed, um, even on those undrafted free agency contracts. We'll see what happens, but um, ooh, sorry, it says my internet connection is unstable. Am I good? Yeah, yeah, you're coming in a little bit choppy. Oh shoot. Okay. Well, am I clearer now? It, it sounded fine enough, like right there. But um, go ahead and start talking again. Okay. Well, anyways, now you're good. Now, now okay. you're good. <laughs> anyways, um, this was an interesting thing that came up. I don't remember. I know you put this in here. I saw it too. Can't remember who it was. So we'll give you credit when we figure it out. Go but- Bearcats. Go Bearcats. Yes, our good friend, our good friend over at Go Bearcats. Um, Cincinnati has the second most players in the current Big 12 and has the most players of the new Big 12 drafted over the past three years since 2020. That's pretty interesting considering the only team ahead of them is Oklahoma and 
if Ivan Pace, which we all thought would have got drafted somewhere in there, would have got drafted, we would have tied Oklahoma leading mm. the Big 12 in free eight or uh, in NFL draft picks. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it just shows you, you know, obviously Luke Fickle did a great job with recruiting here. And I I am, I'm not, uh, maybe I'm not the highest on Coach Satterfield, but if he can just replicate the same uh, recruiting playbook that Fickle had with, and a lot of successful coaches have had here, not just Luke Fickle, with just the local area and recruiting the kids who are good enough to play here, as well as adding it in from around nationally. And we've already seen in this 2024 cycle, he's uh, his staff has been pushing a lot more in Georgia, which is chock full of talent. And uh, you know, there's the, their staff at Louisville had some connections in California. We're still seeing how those work. Kerry uh, Combs is posting a new GIF every day in another tri-state city. So um, I, I do think that maybe it's not going to be 16 in three years again, but the Bearcats have some great players on their roster right now, and they can continue to recruit to that and say, hey, this school produced 16 professional draft, uh, NFL draft picks over the last three years. Like that's That's such a big recruiting tool. And countless undrafted free agents as well. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing to pay attention to, too, because I think that kind of slips. But, like, that's one of the, those things that, like, people look at the draft, and that's where all your money and talk and conversation goes. But those guys do get a shot. Like, and that, that is a chance, and that's sometimes all that you need, like we've said before. So I think that's interesting. One thing to note on Satterfield, um, so since 2020, which I, he started there in 19, right? Yep. Yes, in the 19th season. So he's might not get credit for all of these, but we'll count it. So the 2020 season through the 2023 season, there is a grand total of six players who got drafted um, from Louisville. So I do find that interesting too. You know, maybe he can, again, we, it seems like we've got a good amount of talent coming through the door and hopefully we can continue to keep our run of uh, NFL draft talent. Of course, I'm sure we'll see this year probably is going to slip off a little bit. A lot of these guys did come out of the college football playoff run era. So that's one thing to keep in mind as well. But I'm sure we'll see some more Bearcats get drafted next year as well. Uh, moving on, speaking of new Bearcats, uh, CJ Frederick and I, can, I still can't pronounce Seamus it. Lukosius, baby. Come Seamus on. Seamus Lukosius. I'm going to screw it up. So thank you. Thank you. Luco. Just call him Luco. Luco. Uh, we got a Luca. Now there is a Luco. <laughs> but regardless, uh, both of these boys have joined the roster um, from the portal, and they they Xavier had their hand in the pot on both of these guys, but we managed to steal them away. Uh, Xavier, you suck forever. And um, how do they have so many spots suffer. that they needed to have like five transfers again this year? Like, make it make sense. Yeah, they are like the Ar- the Northern Arkansas, <laughs> the, the, the Arkansas, <laughs> the Big East, like. They're just gonna have five dudes every year. Like, okay, we need y'all five to get out. We got we got five more coming in. <laughs> and yet they still somehow have like those names that are like there for like seven years. Yeah, like exactly. never Freeman seem to go away. Still yeah. <laughs> there somehow. Like, what the hell? Yeah. I don't know. I it's re- regardless, it is interesting that uh, you know, we're able to steal them away from some of the local talent who, to be fair, has been doing better than us as of recent. But you know, again, screw you, Xavier. Um, I think this is one of those things that it's it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out because these are some three-point shooters. And I, I think, Wes, we've talked about, you know, what is the look going to be going into the Big 12? I think he's double, tripling down on three-point shooting. Uh, we've lived and died by the three, and now it seems like we're going to do so even more. Um, and hopefully some of the reliability at the three-point line we can expect to see uh, come to fruition. And it's not one of those uh, chuck it and pray kind of systems. And maybe we're going to actually start hitting some of these and winning some games. Of course, it is going to be more difficult. But to play in the Big 12, you have to be able to keep pace. The Big 12 loves to score. And especially from three-point line, I think it's going to be an interesting way to uh, see how this shakes out. But not very many roster spots left. Uh, it's uh, It seems like it's all nip and tuck. So, Steve, why don't you walk us through the rest of that? Yeah, so uh, it seems that, you know, unless barring any more future entries from uh, guys, although I do think the the spring window, I don't know about basketball, but I know the football spring window just closed. So it would make sense to me. Uh, I'm going to look that up. But um, 
you know, so it seems like the the window is mostly closed for players to announce that they're transferring out. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless there's some more clarity on the John Newman situation or um, somehow another Bearcat leaves and jo- uh, enters the transfer portal, there's not really a scholarship available for another guy. So most likely done. But, you know, the the there's been mentioned that the staff will keep eyes on portal entries, including one that just went in recently and uh, has the most interesting, like six list, six school list of, <laughs> uh, I've ever seen. Aziz Bendego, the Bearcat killer from Utah Valley. His list, Justin, uh, let me just read it off to you because the people need to hear this. Audio. Do we have to call him the Bearcat killer? Um, well, maybe he wasn't a Bearcat. It was only one game, but um, <laughs> he did do pr- pretty well against us. Okay. The top three. Uh, I would consider blue bloods in the sport: Duke, Cincinnati, and Kansas. Uh, the bottom three: Vanderbilt, Illinois, and Cal. Now, like no disrespect, but I think Cal won like four games last year. Vandy was in the <laughs> NIT Final Eight with us. Uh, yeah. Illinois, uh, I think they just had a down year last year. I, I I don't remember if they made the tournament or not. Honestly, I'm not trying to throw shade at Illinois fans. I don't know anybody from Illinois, but Van or um, Illinois made the tournament. They lost to uh, Arkansas. I'm pretty sure. Damn Musselman. Um, <laughs> so, but I just am so interested in that list. And yeah, I, I would love to see that happen. Like a, another guy come in, like a, a big guy, especially in the big, like the big 12, where you're going to need just rebounds. You're going to need guys to just get in there and like fight for rebounds. Um, I, I do think it would be interesting to have, have him here, but obviously there's Duke and then there's Kansas on that list as well. So I would not expect the Bearcats to win an NIL battle with them, but we just need one of these players to just be overwhelmed by Wes's charm and be like, you know what? I want to play for that. Man. <laughs> the bag be damned. So uh, I am I am interested on it, though. Overall thoughts, though, on the portal, um, it does suck to see, uh, you know, Jeremiah Davenport go. I think we were just sad to see him go but it it made sense and it was unfortunate obviously cincinnati kid you don't want cincinnati kids to leave but give him some some time to figure it out maybe damn muscleman again yeah (laughs) he's got offers out for everybody i swear yeah um and then jared hensley as well uh uh leaving uh i don't know i would like to hear more on somebody who has more inside knowledge because it seemed like his playing time really ramped up at the end of last year, Justin. Yeah. And then it really just was never there this year. And I, I understand that he's not like the biggest offensive threat, but I was, it was a little bit surprising to see the complete drop off in just playing time. And usually yeah. like a guy can play them their, their way out of the starting lineup just by playing. But I just don't think we ever saw him actually play. And right. you know, he, he did get some time with, when the Kalua Zikbe stuff was happening. And uh, so yeah, I, I think his, his transfer portal list though, was a lot of like smaller schools for Jared Hensley. So it, it stinks, but you know, hopefully he can go be productive somewhere. And then obviously Landers Nolly leaving and going to the NBA looks like he's getting some workouts. So if he yeah. can sign on somewhere, maybe on a two way or something, that would be great. But um Overall, you bring in two big, two bigger guys, and uh, also, I would call Lukosius like a stretch, stretch four, like probably a three. Yeah. He can get in there and rebound, but he's more known for his his three point shooting ability. I I don't, I haven't watched his tape, so I don't know anything about his defense. But I'm sure West probably prioritizes someone who can play defense, especially with how we just seem to get beat for easy layups a lot last year. Um, hopefully, that can be fixed again this year, but. If Frederick can, you know, just come off of screen, come off a of pick and roll, come off, like just make a move and get it, make his own shot and get open. I think that would be great for us because, you know, no offense to Jeremiah Davenport, but that was not his style. He was more of the, the, the set shot guy. He would right. just find his spot, catch then wait for the extra pass and then just shoot. It feel just from what I've heard from other guys and, you know, watching a little bit of his tape, he does come off of those uh, screens a lot. He does like to mm-hmm. like move to create his shot. And Jeremiah just wasn't doing that as much. He was more of, you know, just uh, I'm I'm here whenever you're ready to pass the ball to me, you know, and then yeah. it's going up. But Well, and one thing to add too that I don't think we've touched on is, 
you are losing Jeremiah, who is a Cincinnati kid, but you're replacing him with another Cincinnati kid. Uh, that's a good point. It's yeah. CJ Frederick, uh, Cubcap. You, you know us so. Cincinnatians. You yeah. can't, you, we, we can't really, you know, just not have a one Cincinnati. There's got to be the somebody team. in there. Yeah. Um, which I guess technically, too, with um, CJ Anthony, we have him in the mix as well. Um, of course, I don't expect to see him probably be getting any minutes anytime soon with the roster makeup that we've got now. But Regardless, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting, um, you know, off season to see how this team develops and see where everybody fits in. Um, and of course, I think speaking of off season, uh, speaking of seeing where players fit in and seeing uh, some more cryptic off season notes, Dan Skillings dropped the biggest troll something. I don't know what you'd call it, but it was it caused eternal suffering all of this morning because he said in a TikTok last workout in UA gear. And it's like, all right, what am I supposed to do with that? Expect that there's not going to be an announcement tomorrow. They're going to practice tomorrow. And then all of us people who are not in college anymore are sitting here like, Oh my God, it's happening tomorrow. Everybody's talked about like May 1st, Monday, May 1st, there's a great possibility the deal's going to get done. And like 10 o'clock rolls around and it's just silence on the radio. <laughs> and and then all of us are like, wait, school's over. They're probably yeah. going home. It's yeah. like, yeah. damn. Like it's, it's just that it, the hook on the line, Dan Skillings, if you're watching this, you got us. You got us, my friend. You got us all. Good for you. We're suffering, and I hope you know it. Ouch. I don't have to be that harsh to the kid. Um, so <laughs> I, I here's the thing, though. Uh, you're right. It is uh, the school uh, spring semester is over now. Uh, shout out to all the UC people that graduated over the weekend. Um, but Welcome to Bearcats alumni. Status. That's right. Yeah. So while, um, you know, Dan Skillings was saying that, and obviously – uh, I just love that Jeremiah Davenport just posted it. Like he's like, <laughs> just... you can't tell me anything anymore. I don't go, I don't play here. So I'm just posting this picture and you all can't tell me to take it down. Yeah. And it was conveniently hidden right at the end of the post. So, you know, just some compliance officer oh, yeah. just scrolls by. Eh, okay. Did you see what Wes Miller was wearing in his outfit when he took his picture with Jeremiah? Bro stacked out. <laughs> He was just head to toe. Like he, I just want to know if he called Michael Jordan personally and said, "Look, man, I know y'all are figuring out the deal. Like, I know it's probably not even you. You're working with the Hornets, but I need some gear, baby. Like, hit yeah. me up." And so, I don't know, maybe or maybe somebody else took care of that for him. So, but that does make make me happy though that we know it's them. It's basically confirmed. Like if you need any more proof than that, I don't know what you're, what you're going to look for, you know, like yeah. the, the, the team logo was on the Jordan uh, shirt. Like, well, and this is one thing that I think people might miss is like, of course, Jeremiah could have taken that, you know, this week, given it, you know, you're a student athlete, you're graduating, you've got all these ceremonies, but for all we know, because some of the, sometimes the way they do these, this could have been like weeks ago that that picture was taken. So like, that that could have been in the mix even further back, and it's not just like a, oh, it's happening now. Like that, I think just adds more validity if it isn't, or if it is. Like it, it, I don't know. Regardless, it's interesting to see, and I really doubt, I highly doubt that somebody went on to a just grabbed a regular Cincinnati T-shirt and just you know cricket vinyl on a little jo Jumpman logo and the big old Jumpman patch. That's like official Jordan gear. So like, there's something yeah. there. Yeah. Even if it's a one of one for now. So I do want to credit Lisa Brandon's burner for giving us this inside <laughs> scoop before it actually happened. So uh, did we get any hate on that? Did we get any love for that? Did anybody really like, uh, did, did we get any hate for that? We didn't get any hate. We also didn't okay, get any love. Good. It's neutral. It's neutral. Okay. Yeah, the, the people were lukewarm about Lisa. Yes. Maybe we can bring <laughs> her on again another time. Um so I did want to give like a, my idea for a timeline on a possible announcement and just some like, not insider details, but I just have heard some things and I want to share it on the pod and not on like Twitter and just be called a crazy person. Steve's know? shot in the dark coming up now. 
this is a segment we like to call reckless speculation. Yes. No, so um, so the like obviously it's been in the works since fall 2021 that you know Nike and Jordan was going to be the next apparel provider. Obviously, you know, uh, just cancel out Under Armour and Adidas because we had them both previously. Everyone kind of knew where this was going to go, and obviously. Cunningham was probably saying in public forums, you know, we're posturing because, you know, we want the best deal for our student athletes. And it's right. I mean, you know, it's a negotiation. It's not just like, well, please, Mr. Under, um, please, Mr. Jordan, give us <laughs> your gear. Please, we're begging. Please. Uh, you know, it's got to be a good deal for Cincinnati as well. And, you know, it's some of these schools that are like, I think San Diego State, they don't even like make anything extra from wearing Jordan. It's just like, you know, it's it's no extra monetary incentive for them. So maybe there's something that Cunningham wants to work out. You know, and I, I have faith that they are going to work that out. But um, I would imagine that the announcement would probably be done, um, you know, just about like sometime in July or before August, you know, because there's going to be That's gear rolling range. in. Yeah. Yeah. I probably, I, <laughs> if I had to put a date on it, just because it's a 23, I'm just going to say June 23rd. Uh, um, and I don't know what day that is. I'm going to look real quick to, to see. Um, it's probably like a Tuesday. Would that, okay. So May 23rd is a Tuesday. I'm just thinking of 23s here. Uh, June 23rd. Uh, be a Thursday. 20, of 23 is a, is a Friday. Oh, Friday. So, yeah. So just think about one of those 23 days, but um, because I think that would be good brand unity with 23 oh, yeah. man and stuff, but um, it'll definitely come out at least before August, I think just because, you know, they got to get in and all the football stuff. They got to let the players like figure all that stuff out. They got to have like the, the, all the UC apparel suppliers like stocked out and all the different mm-hmm. you know, gear offerings and stuff. So, you know, obviously the deal is, like I said, the deal's not done. They're still hammering out, I think, like, you know, but it's from what I've been told and what I'm inferring, it's like pretty close. You know, they just are like trying to figure it out. And you've seen like Dubois is having a closeout sale yep. on Under Armour this past weekend. Um, we there was talk also of the UC bookstore having a sale coming up. So there there's movement, there's signs around it. Obviously, there's like some football players who were wearing Nike and Adidas cleats like during spring practice, which I think I kind of thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, DDJ wore Kobe's all year, so mm. uh, West so Miller's, we found out. Yeah, West Miller's Ferragamos. Um, but <laughs> I, I, you know, it's it's not really much of an insider scoop other than it's coming. They're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I think the um, I think for me the interesting part when we're looking forward to when it actually comes out is that July timeline. Because when you get, like you said, to August, September really is when crunch time obviously is there because your season started. So by that point, you're going to have to have all of your apparel apparel produced and they're not going to do full runs for the team in football, in basketball. Football is obviously the most pressing, but that also requires the most amount of uniforms. That requires the most amount of game gear. That requires the most amount of uh, travel gear, all that kind of stuff. Like you have to get all that situated and made, which of course apparel, you can do that on a faster timeline than footwear. Footwear, team colors, you know, team colorways, team footwear. It's very easy to create. Like they, they've already got that lock stocked and ready to go. They've already got, they'll order the same thing that they order for San Diego State for like a football or this or that, you know, when it comes to Nike or Jordan. Um, But when it comes to the actual timeline, they've got to get it done. And I, I could imagine that they would get the deal done, start the production and development on that if they haven't already, and then announce it later. Um, I don't think it's going to be like, all right, we got the deal done. Announce it like now, like it's, it's going to, there's going to be some time between, but July 1st in my mind is like the deadline. Like, I don't think you announce it any later than July 1st because you've got the big 12 come out swinging. Say we've got Jordan now too. You get everybody a month, two months to buy all their Jordan gear, have everybody rolling up in droves in Nippert stadium in Jordan gear. Like it's going to happen. Like that's the way that that's got to go. So I think for that to be the case, that buffer means you have to do it by July, like on or before July 1st. I like the idea of the 23 days though, too. That's a very creative thing that I could see them doing. 
And by the way, uh, it's going to be Nike for all other sports. Uh, Jordan for the basketball uh, team. Fair enough. I would still love to see football. I don't know if pe- how other people would feel about that, but I think their uniforms look good. It's the same producer. You just put a different sti- like logo on it. You know, <laughs> like come on now. For for those of you who aren't in like product development, uh, I'll just let you in on a little detail. Uh, all the factories that make your favorite goods in China, Vietnam, India, all that. They'll make <laughs> they'll make the thirty dollar thing that you see on Amazon, and they'll make uh, your coaches and all these other things <laughs> in the exact same factory. It's just the quality of leather. It's just the quality of all these goods. Uh, I've always found that really funny. But regardless, we don't know what's going to happen about this whole Jordan deal. We don't know what's going to work out. We're pretty certain it's going to be Jordan and Nike, and we're just figuring out the timeline. But until then, something to hold you over because it's really, really pressing and everybody's just on edge. Home Field, Home Field Apparel. They have released a collection just for you. So a brand that is for sure partnered with the Bearcats for some merch, Home Field Apparel, the source of all your wants and desires, your school's greatest throwbacks in the comfiest threads and retro styles. And speaking of fantastic throwbacks, Steve's got one on right there. The Cincinnati Bearcats have a plethora of dog-eared eras to remember, and Homefield has something for just about all of them. If you're a fan of the 60s era, the 90s eras, or beyond, Homefield has you covered in their brand new spring Cincinnati collection that just dropped this past weekend with over nine pieces of spicy looks. And even better, Homefield has partnered with your friends here, Viva La Cats, to bring you some hard-earned savings on that collection. Go to the site at homefieldapparel.com, pick your favorite items, and before you check out, make sure to enter our new promo code VIVA, that's V-I-V-A, for 10% off. Again, that's 10% off with code V-I-V-A, VIVA. If you've got a family birthday coming up or you need to appease your angry in-laws, why not get them a piece to add to their closet from one of their over 100 different schools offered? Homefield has product for all of them, including every single Big 12 school. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. Make sure to check them out and get something from that new Cincinnati collection. So, apparently, we were rated as current Worst Big 12 football team. The worst. Not not like, oh, like one of the worst. The worst. By multiple public... Steve, I need you to look here. Publications. Publications. So do we already have enemies or are people just... They've, they've figured out that Cincinnati fans bite when it comes to <laughs> talking shit. Man, somebody can just buy a $20 podcast mic and just really just say whatever they want, can't they? I guess they can. <laughs> so uh, that's a post, uh, that's a cell phone there uh, for, for for anybody who's listening. I'm smiling. Um, so yeah, our, uh, th- these guys, Heartland College Sports, they cover um, the entire Big 12, uh, you know, so definitely check them out if you're interested in, um, you know, being upset. But um, their their blurb was this. If Luke Fickle was still around, Cincinnati would likely be way further up this list, but he's in Wisconsin now, and so are a bunch of his former players. Scott Satterfield isn't just tasked with following up one of the most decorated coaches in school history. He also has to carry them into the Big 12. It's an impossible task, but one that he could prove capable of if given a few years. Unfortunately, it likely won't be easy in year one. And the sentence ends there without a period. So I was hoping for the writer to add more about, you know, like more positive things. Like, hey, maybe the with the the ease of Cincinnati's schedule, they won't finish last. And they missed the top four teams from the 2022 uh, Big 12 standings. Uh, so, but, you know, that I don't want to do your job for you. We, we're on like different entities of, Big 12 coverage, but that was just my thought on that. You know, and then also uh, there was a Purple Theory uh, analytics show that covers the Big 12 rated Scott Satterfield as the worst head coach in the conference. And, you know, I've, I, I've kind of been, if you've been following me on my personal Twitter at underscore Mauerpower, uh, I've been just posting like the Scott Satterfield po- uh, picture of him, like looking at his phone whenever a transfer uh, guy enters the portal, just because I think it's funny of like, 
Scott Satterfield looking at his phone and seeing that be like, someone get on it. You know, we need to recruit this man. And also totally like, it's totally the old man has a phone. Like, and it's just that you got games. (laughs) Yeah. I do like the, um, I do like the hat choice he picked though. The the, the black hat with the red bill is primo. Um, But then also, you know, I quoted with the regular Bearcat uh, Squidward pointing him uh, a meme. So that one covered too. Um, Justin, here's the thing to me. Um, like I mentioned, and like we talked about on our schedule breakdown show, we missed the top four teams from the 2022 uh, Big 12 final standings. And, you know, I, I I do see like some of their points and like obviously new head coach, maybe a bridge guy, maybe like not the guy that everybody wanted. Nobody really loves him, you know, overly yet. He hasn't won us over completely, you know. Right. Uh, and, you know, new quarterback. There's a, there's a lot of questions, but. Man, you had UCF right there. They didn't even get a player drafted this year. And you just still decided to shit on us. Like, what the hell, man? That's the, I, that would have been the easiest shit posters thing to do is just put <laughs> UCF 14 and just say, like, man, Big 12's new. You, you never know. But no, seven not for a, UCF. Don't give everybody a reason and then just UCF's reason for being dead last UCF. <laughs> Cyclone Larry already buried these guys. Yeah. Brother, RAP Cyclone Larry. I don't know yeah. what happened to you, my guy, but we miss you. Please come back. Are you okay? The last, like, I'm. There's there's things where it's like, all right, we meme about it on Twitter. It is what it is. Maybe the guy loves his off seasons. Who knows? But the man said, I'm going to go take a drink and just forget about some stuff. And literally never liked, retweeted, quote tweeted, or posted anything after that. And that was like two or three months ago. It was like Gone to the wind. right at the end of the basketball season. I don't know what happened to the man, but we hope you're okay. So Cyclone Larry... If you're if you're with us still, please just give us a sign. Cyclone Larry would also agree that the Bearcats aren't going to finish dead last in football this oh, year. He Maybe thirteenth, sure but not dead last. Come not on, not dead now. last. No, we, we don't have do some that. pride in this program. All right, we're at less than a minute. Excuse the brief intermission. Welcome back to Vibla Cats. After our Zoom ended, screw you, Elon Musk. Screw you, Zoom, and all the other platforms. We use you for free. This is America, baby. Another football topic, Ben Bryant has hit the portal. Uh, This one's interesting because we've talked about this all this past season, uh, months on end, about Ben Bryant's fit. Um, How does he shake out into the new team? Will he go try his hand in the NFL, maybe try to do this or that? He stays, and now we don't really know. We saw some action in the spring game. He's competing with Emory Jones, Evan Prater sitting because he's injured. We don't know what all these situations are going on. And then all of a sudden, Ben Bryant ends up in the transfer portal, like the day after or two days after the spring game. So it just kind of, I think, I think that one blindsided me more than something personally like Evan or somebody else would have. Like, I I honestly thought that like, all right, if Ben's sticking it out this far with all of these other guys in here, he's clearly got to be like the choice to go him or Emery. And it's going to be competing for that. And personally, I would have thought that he would have stuck around because he seemed to like, he loves this program and he wants to be around it. And I think we don't give him enough credit for that. Um, which I think, you know, is here or there depends on what side you look at it as, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. He could always withdraw his name from the portal, stay with the Bearcats. He could go somewhere else, fish in another pond, see what happens. But with his talent level and kind of with what we've seen personally, I think it makes more sense for him to go to a different G5 and do another season like he had at Eastern Michigan. Throw up like 3,000, what he had like 3,400 yards or something. Get a massive season on a little bit of a smaller team, something that's a little bit easier to control that can boost your profile versus get lost in the depth chart at Cincinnati. Because if Emery takes that starting spot, his shot at the pros, I think, starts to dwindle very quickly. And and I think personally, if you can build that resume a little bit more going into it, you might not be looking at an NFL draft prospect, but you're looking at maybe an undrafted free agent. You're looking at XFL, USFL. You're looking at all that. I think your potential is much greater when you're doing that at a different school versus doing it at Cincinnati and getting lost in the depth chart as a six-year guy. It's not, I don't, I think at that point you've lost your chance. So personally, 
I would like to see him go somewhere else for that. I think he still has a lot to offer Cincinnati, but I think he would probably be better suited playing somewhere else and not just getting stuck behind. And I think he would get frustrated personally. Yeah. I mean, we can all be honest and say it wasn't the most successful season uh, that anyone would have hoped for last year. Um, And I, I do think, you know, like there, there's some, so there were some criticisms of him that were not just fans being mad, but um, I really feel like Ben just got a really raw deal here at UC and uh, yeah. it just, I I'm, I'm glad that we didn't uh, re- record like right after that happened because I was a little <laughs> bit more upset um, than I am now. Uh, and as someone who had to transfer away from UC for uh, extenuating circumstances, uh, you know, it sucks. And like, uh, I mean, maybe Ben Bryant, wasn't growing up going to UC games like I was, but he obviously loved this program enough to come back once and just, Mm -hmm. you know, the self-realization or like being told by the coaching staff, like that's got to hurt, man. And just on top of all the fans saying, Oh yeah, I'm glad he's gone. You know, we like, like I, I understand he wasn't great here, but man, like these dudes still chose to play for UC play for our university, put that Bearcat and Cincinnati name like on, on their chest every day. So it just hurts me a little bit. So I just wanted to say that and just add that in. Like we, we should really just, you know, obviously every situation is different. You don't have to love every guy who only comes here for a year and moves on, but like Ben Bryan's different. He was here for four of his five years already. And, you know, he was still a part of this team and, what this team still won nine games last year. That's pretty damn good. And yeah, we obviously saw what happened when um, another UC quarterback uh, came in and played uh, for Ben. So it just, it stinks, man. I, I kind of really wish he had gotten a better reception here and just, I just feel bad for the kid. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree too. Like people don't realize he really did get shafted by this program. Unfortunately, like timing with everything, with Gino being his guy, well, with him being Gino's guy, I would say probably after Des, and with you know being in the system with Fickle, like it all just seemed like all right, things are going to finally line up. I was waiting for my shot with Des coming back. It wasn't going to happen. Take a Sinesta, come back and hit the ground running, and it all seemed like it'd be there. And honestly, if Fick and Gino stayed, there's no reason why Ben wouldn't be starting this coming season. I don't, I don't see why not given how much they liked him and how much they stuck with him throughout a lot of the turmoil this past season. But unfortunately those things, uh, you know, dish out the way that they do. And, you know, for Ben, like I said, I think personally it worked work out better for him if he was just at another program, because I think he can really shine better there. And I would hate to see a guy that's that late in his career, collegiate career, get stuck in a depth chart battle. Like it's, it sucks. Like you don't want that, especially for a guy who just came to this program. who is now in his third program to have that happen to you. Like I just, I would hate to see that for Ben. So regardless on the, on the brighter side of things that could happen, say Bryant is not here. What would we be looking at as far as depth chart goes? Because now that's one less name in the pot. Um, and of course we already have kind of an idea that Emery is probably starting. Um, But the rest is up in the air because it's, I wouldn't say hush hush, but it's one of those things where I think any of the other guys really has the shot. So I put up a poll right after Ben decided or uh, put his name in the transfer portal. And I just said, what would you like to see as the ideal QB depth chart? One through four, no Prater in there, or sorry, no Brian in there. And so the options were Jones, Prater, Drogic, Drogic, Lichtenberg, there's a lot of names here. Jones, Drogish, Lichtenberg, Prater, Prater, Jones, Drogish, Lichtenberg, Drogish, Jones, Lichtenberg, Prater. So between all of those, the ideal one that people voted on was Jones, Drogish, Lichtenberg, Prater. Prater dead last, which I did find interesting, but I think a lot of people have really started to pump the brakes and not even pump the brakes, jump off the train while it's moving on Prater. Um, And I... It, it's unfortunate. I don't know really what the situation is going forward. Um, you don't know if he's even going to stick around, if he might transfer Four QBs is a lot. When you have two guys who could realistically start one, who's been here for four years with Lichtenberg and then Drogish who's coming in, who legitimately could be 
your starter if all things shake out for him and ideally would be your starter moving forward because then you have four years of eligibility with a guy who starts early. We did the same thing with Dez. We got him out there as soon as we possibly could, and look what that turned into. That turned into one of the best quarterbacks in program history and a guy that we could rely on to take us to a college football playoff run. So not like we're going to put that weight on Brady's shoulders, but it would be nice to see a guy that we can start early. We've been clamoring it for so long, and I think that's the reason why people wanted Evan. They didn't care about... I think people liked the idea that Evan was a Cincinnati guy. I think people liked the idea that Evan was a dual threat quarterback and didn't really like the idea of Ben aging out with the program. But I think more than any of that, it was because he was a young guy. People want to see that young guy at the helm because of what we had with Dez and moving forward. I think that's what people will want. And so, well, and he was a local guy as well too. Yeah. You know? And like, you know what, Cincinnatians we're we're diehard for our locals. So, um, <laughs> I, I do think it's just an unfortunate thing where it just didn't work out with, you know, just the offense. And it just like, I was reading someone in the comments saying like, it obviously the star rating was there, but Evan was always seen as a project. And I, I'm kind of interested by that just because it was, I mean, it didn't seem like a project to me. He was pretty, he, he had great numbers uh, in high school, but obviously maybe he was not, as polished and like throwing the ball or running an offense, or maybe he was more of like, well, once the play breaks down, I'm getting out of the pocket. I'm going. Right. So it just, we saw some of the things last year and he was a fingertip away from winning that game against Tulane and maybe <laughs> things changed for him, but um, I, I would never, I wouldn't put anything on the bowl game against Evan too. I think that was just like a terrible situation and somebody had to play quarterback and, Evan kind of just got thrown out to the wolves there, unfortunately. So, but again, another guy who's kind of <laughs> screwed in this situation with Fick and Gino leaving too. Like, yeah. I mean, and if you're, if people are in on the idea that Fick was like mentally out the door, which clearly he was for a while, uh, I don't think that caters well to a guy like Evan succeeding. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing though. Like there is still like so much talent in that young man. And like, I I feel like it would just be like bad service for us to have him transfer or something. And obviously yeah. Emory Jones is kind of what Satterfield wants, but I feel like Prater is kind of what Satterfield would like as well. A guy who can run, but, and also like, you know, do, do some option and then throw the ball. Like that, I think, you know what we we're gonna see what Emory Jones and the running this offense is like, but I do think there's something there for Evan Prater. It was kind of why I was surprised that Drogish decided to stay is because he's more of a pocket passer and sat decided, was able to convince him to stay. And obviously, you know, transfer portal Drogish could just you know if the system's not for him, eventually he could go. Same with Lichtenberg. Uh, I would like all of these guys to stay. I feel like yeah. having an elite eleven guy in Drogish uh, would be huge for this program, but. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm just very interested to see how it breaks down. Yeah, and I I think as kind of a last point on this, um, you know, looking at Brady, like I think from some of the tape that I've seen too, like he does have the ability to move. He is a pocket passer, but I don't think he's as stagnant as Ben is, and I think he's got a little bit of more of that mobility. Um, and I think that you know caters to more upside for him, and maybe Sat wouldn't be so against changing a little bit of his offensive DNA for a kid who's really talented. I mean, coaches do that. Like they, they obviously recruit to what they want, but at the same time, like if you've got the right talent and the guy who wants to be there and a guy who can put up the numbers, you're going to adapt for that player. Like it's going to happen. So I think that that makes sense for Drogish to be here. And as far as Evan goes, he's, he's Emery Jones light with more upside in eligibility and more time to develop. Like Emery is going to be a one and done. That's his shot. Like it's happening this year. Or it doesn't. And also, Evan has shown to be a bit more, I would think, a bit more durable. I mean, Emery, unfortunately, I think this has been a thing with, you know, you look at Ben, you look at Emery, too. Like, uh, health is not always the uh, the be the best factor that they have to bring to the table. So if, you know, if these guys can't maintain staying healthy, you've got a treasure trove of other people that you can play, too. So. Um, and that's always a thing to think about when you get late season, your game six, seven, eight, nine, and these guys are starting to wear down. Um, sometimes you might have to take a week off. And so that's one thing to keep in mind, but we've got a few couple last points, uh, late season resurgent for baseball question mark. 
Yeah, Justin. So our baseball Bearcats uh, are back in the winning ways. They have won five of their last six, including a sweep of the USF Bulls, leaving you in the American with three straight L's. How about that, South Florida? So, <laughs> uh, like I said, Bearcats have won five of their last six, and they come home just at a perfect time to finish off their home schedule with eight straight. Uh, so they're going to host – Number 14, East Carolina this weekend. The Bearcats, unfortunately, did get swept by the Pirates in Greenville. But you never know. The Bear, uh, the Pirates never seem to do very well in Cincinnati. So I'm hoping for similar things with that. Um, and then we've got Xavier, Norwood State, Jesuit Community College uh, coming in next week for a midweek at UC Baseball Stadium. Uh, UC's already beat them, and they beat them pretty handily once this year. Uh, that was the game where UC had like six home runs in the first two innings, so maybe that could happen again. We never know. Um, and then also there's a, a big series against our new Big 12 rivals, uh, Central Florida Tech. Uh, they're coming in for a three-game set. UC is currently above them uh, in the baseball standings. We are fourth, and UCF is fifth. And then they will end that eight-game homestand with midweek against Georgia, uh, and then I'm uh, sorry, Georgetown, not Georgia, uh, and then I believe they will go to Houston to uh, finish their series. Oh, shout out to Ryan Nicholson, by the way, named AAC Player of the Week this week for a big performance, helping the Bearcats get that sweep. Uh, so, like I said, the the they will finish up with three in Houston, and then they will go down to uh, Clearwater, Florida, for the conference championship tournament but justin i wanted to ask you something just as someone who's just i i've been watching a little bit here and there you know i've been following along with the games i you know i I haven't been able to watch all the time but um as someone who has seen a bunch of different coaches go this year um you know just work this out with me uh football coach left on his own terms uh women's soccer coach uh, we parted ways women's basketball coach we parted ways women's golf coach just stepped down after working for 20 years. So uh, there's been a lot of movement within the UC coaching front this year. And mm-hmm. people were wondering if Scott, uh, Scott Guggins might be another uh, name to go after the team started poorly. They were not projected to vin- finish fairly highly, but if they maintain this fourth rating or uh, keep going up, I do think there is you know reason for him to stay around and, and stay and he's given himself a chance to earn the trust of John Cunningham by playing well and having a chance to uh, rack up a few more wins here before the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, I think, sorry uh, for those of you who do watch on uh, YouTube and video, I am just a floating head right now. Uh, It's clearly gotten very dark outside and I didn't turn a light on. So whatever, Uh, regardless on the note of Googs, like, I don't know. I mean, with his performance, like I, he's definitely given the Bearcats like a fun run and something to remember. Um, I think it's I'm I could be convinced either way of having him stay, moving on from him. I I don't think it's a situation where you're in dire straits looking at the Big Twelve, where it's like he cannot do this. But I also think that you're going to have a lot of question marks about Guggen's going into the Big 12 and can he actually get it done and will he be able to make UC competitive even if we're throwing more money at the baseball program with NIL deals and with more things moving forward, bigger competition, you know, there's more money to go around, spread the love. But I don't know. I mean, I think at the same time, you can keep Guggen's, workshop him, see how it pans out. Baseball is not going to be one of those. It's a bigger sport in the big 12 for sure, but it's not going to be one of those sports. That's going to be a make or break where you have to succeed necessarily as the face of your program. Like I think basketball and football, when you walk into the big 12, you're going to be expecting them to be competitive. And if they're not, you're going to be making some moves on coaches. I think as far as baseball goes, if you can maintain a somewhat competitive team and keep a lower salary guy like Guggen's on the board versus trying to find a new big head coach that's going to come in, hopefully succeed. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where you can play, play to the guy that you have the current, you know, understanding of and play to your strengths. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't really hurt you that much as much as it would to just strike and miss on football or basketball uh, going into the new season and including like women's basketball too, like there and which, 
this is a great time to transition to women's basketball uh, with Katrina Merriweather uh, named UC's new women's head coach making those moves. You want to make a statement. You want to be competitive. You have to be competitive in some of these other sports in order to really, you know, to make your statement as a Bearcats team in the big 12 and say who you are and show up early. Like you don't, you don't want to be showing up to the big 12 and having to play catch up. You want to be able to show up to the big 12 and start throwing some punches. And so in order to do that, you've got to have the right coach in there. Uh, she was a former Bearcat star already making waves within the UC community uh, with something that has been very interesting. Uh, Steve, can you show us what we're talking about? I, I practiced this. So I think I got it right now. So this is what, um, and uh, there you go. It's not as blur, blur, blurry down there. Um, can you see, can you see? The yeah, we pool? can see it. We can see it. Okay. So, so she's been doing, uh, and this has been in their recruiting graphic, whenever a transfer portal player or a new signee commits to the Bearcats, she's, uh, it's been this video of her at a press conference doing the UC with her hands in hook em horns motion. Uh, and then just flip, so they're the, orange the back down. of the hand is out and orange yeah. down or horns down. So I'm wondering, Justin, do you like this version better? Or we just saw a new UC football commit. I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, he did the peace sign version, which is just like, like this, or uh, I think, uh, no, I think he was showing his. Yeah. Palms. I think his so, palms are out. Palms are out. What do you think, Justin? Do you like the peace sign better? Or do you like the the hook'em horns better? This would look a lot better, by the way, if I had some rings on. Maybe I'll have to go get yeah. real quick, um, and I'll, I'll let you know. Can I offer you a third option of the the middle fingers tucked? That, <laughs> no, that, looks, I, that, that looks a little. It's like a, like an E. No, I think it's one of those things where like it kind of goes either way. But I do like the idea of having some kind of hand sign. Um, our friend uh, uh, Throwback Frog on Twitter. Uh, made a, made an interesting point that you guys need a hand sign. And then, of course, I sarcastically responded with, we already have a sign and we use our full arms. You see, baby, like you got to get it right. And so, yeah. like, I think that's one of those things where you've kind of already got the thing, but I don't know. I feel like a hand sign has to be like a one hand kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not. And so for that, since we've already got it established, why not roll with what's already it, the wheel has not been broken. There's no reason yep. to fix it. Yep. I think that's fair. Or you but can I'd just like do the, the Nick Lachey thing. You just like go oh, yeah. like that. Right. Yeah, or just could, could we just do the C? Is that lame? It could work. Why not? See, why just, not like a. Well, so I tried to do the UC with, with my hands and it's just like hard to do with like the pinky and stuff. So mm. <laughs> I was just thinking just like the, the C, but. I don't know. Apparently, um, uh, our guy Trenton in the Catskiller Discord was reminding me that early in the fickle uh, recruiting days, uh, he had players like holding up their hand like this, so it would just do like the C paw or something yeah. like that. And like, for all the things that <laughs> Coach Fickle did in the next five years, that 2017 year I think deserves its own oral history because it was. Oh yeah, it was an interesting time. It's like uh, it's like the what, like the two thousand six, two thousand seven Bearcats, yeah. or the, what was it, the oh five, oh six? What was the one that like literally had a book wrote about it? Lost to time. I don't um, remember. There's one I'd have to look it up, but we'll, okay. we won't linger on it. Regardless, um, I think we've kind of made our decision on that. My vote goes with the 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 full block hand version instead of the peace signs. I think it's a little okay. bit cleaner. Looks All more right. like the uh, classic like UC administrative logo. Um, and the it's one that shows up right on the new home field apparel. Merch. Yeah. So. <laughs> how about that? Roll it all in. Look at Roll that. It all Look at in. that, baby. All right. Last point here. FCC, they are, they've got it figured out. They have something rolling and we are competitive. It is fun to watch again. FC Cincinnati has some jazz behind it. Um, I got to see them when they came down here to Nashville um, and they beat Nashville after they threw out some very interesting pregame sessions. Um, but top two in the Eastern Conference after 10 games, only five goals behind leaders, New England, and they beat Louisville City in the Open Cup last week. And so, you know, you beat Louisville, the little baseball field friends down south. You, you, you're you at the top of your league. Um, they just 
what what was the deal with Brenner? It was like a ten million, nine million dollar transfer. Ten, yeah, ten million dollar transfer to, to Udinese in Syria, uh, Italy. For those yeah. who don't know the uh, Diogo Bonito, beautiful, beautiful game. Um, <laughs> He's really throwing but, a lot out here. <laughs> but that you know, obviously, like uh, uh, Pat Brennan made a good point. I was like, usually that's a bad thing when uh, people leave teams, but in soccer, it's almost. It's not a good thing, but it gives you more of a chance to do what you want with that transfer fee. It yep. says, okay, yes, we understand that this guy was really good and like he wants to move on and play in more European competitions, but we can use this money to you know, get a player off of either a struggling MLS team or a South American team. Um, maybe a Mexican team. You can use or that money. Pay like, so that... the shit out of Vasquez and just well, lock him down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was listening to our guys at the post since he shout out to Mr. Kevin Wallace. Uh, definitely go list them, listen to them. If you want a more in-depth uh, tactics breakdown of FCC uh, with a little bit of more of fun sprinkled in, but they, uh, they were talking about, you know, how it kind of worries them that the whole team is basically just centered around Brandon Vasquez and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Lu- Luciano Acosta actually was the guy they were talking about. It's like yes. the whole team is built on Lucio Acosta's shoulders. And that's a little bit worrying, but hey, if you want a trophy out of it this year, that's not the wooden spoon. That's all that matters. That is true. Uh, and regardless, like, I think this, this really is a team that like late season you can see competing. And I, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that they're going to make a run, but look what they did last year. They got everything together just at the right time and were able to win a game. And, you know, it's the playoffs. It's single elimination up until, you know, you get there to the end. Like you've got to be able to figure it out just a couple times. Did you see what they did to the playoffs this year, by the way? No, they changed. They changed it again. Yeah. So the number one team gets the direct buy to the second round, but uh, teams two through nine are going to play a round robin, like best of three. Really? Uh, yeah. And it's just so Apple TV can get more playoff games and each, of course, each team gets a home game, you know, out of it. So got to make everybody some more money, but, but so, yeah. so you play three games and then you go to round two. Yeah. So like theoretically, if like Cincinnati was number two and they drew say like inner Miami, like yeah. they would host inner uh, and then go to Miami for the second game and then play, uh, you know, if necessary, third game. But I see. Uh, I, I just think it's so silly. It's just like, you know, it complicates just, it. <laughs> it's just a, a very naked cash grab, you know, like yeah. I like the the old old. It's almost like three editions ago now where it was like <laughs> six teams made it. It was just like uh, the the old NFL football playoffs. You know, it was just like there was the two legged uh like aggregate tie and like I, I I like the aggregate stuff more like Champions League in Europe so right um but I don't know MLS they just keep doing things to it to make it even more American and for that I kind of appreciate it because yeah I can watch any other like soccer league with relegation and promotion and all that other like aggregate and fun stuff uh in any other uh like country in the world but we do it differently, baby. And like, that's, that's so American to me, whether it's right or wrong, it's just very American. So how do we make the uh, most amount of money possible? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, shout out to FCC, man. Like, uh, I kind of, I have this idea in the back burner that I would love to do for an off season pod. And I've been thinking about it for a while, but, uh, it centers around FCC. So if you're interested, just, uh, let us know. Maybe DM we'll get us. Kevin Wallace on for that. Yes, maybe we'll, we'll find that out. Um, since we're on pro sports, I'm going to make two one-sentence mentions. Um, the Bengals, they had an interesting draft. I you, you could go either way. I don't I don't think anybody's like off the wall, but interesting regardless. And the Reds, Steve, you're going to be very disappointed in me. I am incredibly sorry. I am so sorry for the statement, and I'm 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 ashamed of myself. I haven't watched a single game yet this year. It's it's May and I have not watched one single minute of Reds games yet this year. You've been missing a lot of roller coaster action. They I lost know. seven straight and then they just won five straight uh, before losing on a walk off uh, on Sunday. So playing uh, finally in my time zone, Justin, <laughs> on the West Coast for three game three more games starting against the Padres Monday night. So uh, you know it's it's a sport to watch in the background and obviously if you 
feel a certain way about the Reds. I can't tell you how to feel. I I just like having a little connection to to home, you know, and I don't get to watch uh a 14 oh no sorry 162 Cincinnati Bearcat football games. So, you know, like just just <laughs> during the summer it's something nice to have on and obviously FCC being good this year helps. So, well, to answer yeah. your question, not yours Steve, but that of the ownership of the Reds. Where else are you going to go? Everywhere else. That is where I have gone. So I moved to another state. <laughs> I <laughs> with was all so that, angry. <laughs> with all that said, uh, thank you guys for listening to this long one this week. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting your ears and eyes if you're watching us on YouTube. And again, uh, just for that extra plug to make sure that you are purchasing from our good friends over at Homefield Apparel. We do have that promo code. It's VIVA Viva to get 10% off of the Homefield collection. So make sure to check that out. And keep in tune. We might be off for a week or two. We'll see what happens. If there's any new news, hopefully it's the big news. But when that new happens, news. you know that we're going to drop an episode. So Sorry, again, you said new news and I just had to do the Kelsey <laughs> thing. But take care, guys. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Until then, viva the cats. Sports Social Podcast Network.